All right. I'll start right now. Well, good at goody or goody. Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. My name is Chris Salem. I'm going to be discussing with you today how to accelerate your mental toughness to grow your business with kindness. You know, kindness is a word that's been thrown around a lot lately. And a lot of times people, you know, might look at what, what is kindness? And many times, you know, people in business tend to go out of their way to please and enable others, which often is what we call a codependent behavior, not an interdependent behavior. So it's actually not helpful to other people, even though they may feel like that way at the time. But what happens when you when we are pleasing and enabling others in a codependent way, this is where expectations, that's where the focus ends up being on from both sides. People have a person that's pleasing and enabling is has an expectation. The person that's receiving has an expectation. And when that goes unfulfilled, then that's where conflict arises. Again, I'm going to be focusing the talk today about how when we can develop our mental toughness, we can use kindness in an interdependent way, in an empowering way, how we can be the example and a resource for others to do for themselves. Doesn't mean we don't do things for people, but we're not doing everything. We're, we're teaching people how to own their own roles and duties in their business, in, whether if you work for someone or whether if it's your business. And this could be for your personal life as a spouse, a partner, a parent, a member in your community, and so on. So the principles that we're going to share today are going to touch upon that, those particular areas. So with that being said, I, uh, this information is coming from my own personal experience and things I've learned over the 22 years I've been involved in this area. I'm an executive coach. I'm also a leader. I'm involved in leadership coaching. I uh, do business acceleration strategy. I train companies uh, in helping them to create interdependent work environments using a growth mindset and core values as the foundation, and then learning how to facilitate that through active listening, effective communication, and transparent leadership principles. So I work with you know, many professionals, from CPAs to physicians to corporate professionals to entrepreneurs, and helping them to understand the importance, in this case, what I'm going to share today, how to be more kind in a, in a productive, healthy way through mental toughness. So what are some of the objectives that you're going to walk away from today's session? Well, you're going to learn how to really understand the process of learning to be focused on what you can control that you know and have in your possession and letting go of everything else that's beyond your control. Now, that's a concept that a lot of times people can understand logically, but actually doing it is another story. So when people are overwhelmed, frustrated, anxious, angry, it's often because subconsciously you're caught up in the things that you're beyond your control. And we're going to talk about that. So you're going to learn how to master that process of coming back into the moment, trusting what you can control and what, what to let go and letting the results that you seek be a byproduct of that process where kindness will play an important role. You're going to understand two core habits that as part of a daily routine that will help to change the quality of you personally and in your business long-term. And we're going to talk about the importance of uh, the eight pillars of wellness and how this will help to establish harmony in your business and your life. Because if we're going to maintain kindness, 
you know, on a daily basis, we have to be able to generate some type of level of harmony for ourselves. If we're all work, no play, or all play and no work, well, that's not going to lend itself to being something sustainable to be productive and successful in our businesses in life. Today, I want to make sure that this session is interactive. So if you have any questions, feel free to interject. Now, for some reason, I cannot see the chat box on my screen. I don't know. Sometimes my Zoom does this where it, 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 I only see the screen. So Marilyn, if, if, you could, if you could help, if anybody does have a question, you could be anonymous as well, by the way. So if you, you, you want to say something, but you don't want your name mentioned, by all means, we'll never mention your name unless you obviously clearly sent it to the entire group. But this will just help us to help you and, and, and you're helping everyone else that when you share uh, with that information. So with that being said, when you think about mental toughness, what would you say would be something that from what you know about it, and it doesn't matter what level, what would you like to take away as it applies to wherever you are in your business and how you can use kindness to facilitate that? What would you like to take away? You like to put it in the chat box is fine. Sure. Okay, great. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, kindness has always sometimes been perceived as, you know, we're, you're too weak or you're too nice. You know, in business, you got to be firm. You got to be direct. You have to be aggressive. See, you can be assertive. Assertive is not aggressive. Assertive is being specific, clear, and concise. And it's really, you know, learning how to be that example for people to do for themselves. And that is a form of kindness. That's a form of empathy and kindness that we're going to talk about today. So thank you, uh, Marilyn, for sharing that. And again, if anything comes to mind, everyone, just feel free to put that in the chat box. Because uh, again, this is about you, right? I'm always as a, as a, you know, a person that covers this particular area. And as a professional speaker, I always want to make sure that you get the best value that you possibly can. This is about you and you're here taking time out of your busy day to be here at this conference to really absorb as much information so that you could be the example for others that may, may not have a chance to see this today, but wish they, wish they could. So what is mental toughness? When you think of mental toughness, what does that mean to you? Now that, you know, maybe that you were thinking about what would you like to take away? When you think of mental toughness, what does that mean to you? And you can relate that to kindness if you like, or if you don't, you don't have to use it towards kindness. It could be anything. What is mental toughness to you? And I do have the chat box finally up. I do have the chat box finally up. It did find the Zoom gave me permission to grab it. So I, I can see it just like you can now. Anyone have any 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 feedback? Like what is mental toughness to you? Like a rocket. So you feel like a rocket. You know, you're you're rising above. You're shooting, you're, you're shooting for the stars. Okay, that's a process, right? Soaring up. So everything as we grow is a process. 
mental toughness plays a role. So let's take a look at what the definition of mental toughness is. So take a look at this definition by OxfordReference.com and just read the, the definition of what it is. And if you, you'd like to participate again, state what word or words or statement that you see in this definition that sticks out for you. It could either be word or words or a statement embedded in this definition that really resonates and sticks out for you when, it, when you when you look at what mental toughness is. What is that for you? Somebody says refusal of being intimidated, okay? Refusal to be intimidated, yeah. Great, thank you for sharing that. How about somebody else? We'll have one more. Somebody says the first thing that, that, that stuck out for them is that they refuse to be intimidated by situations and other people. What, uh, what other thing would that mean to you? I'll give it five seconds. And if you, you do, somebody says intense competition. Great. All right. So when you look at these different things, so when I, when I discussed this, you know, at corporations, uh, for entrepreneurial groups, all types of people, you know, some people will see, you know, the ability to be focused under pressure. Some will say intense competition, some refusal to be intimidated. Some will say determined to finish a contest. But here's the thing. When you look at these particular statements, the thing that's going to be driving the reason why you refuse to be intimidated, the reason why you're determined to finish a contest, the ability to control your emotions, what's going to drive you to remain highly focused when under pressure or of intense competition is a quality of mind. Think about that. Quality of mind. What is your state of being right now? What is your state of mind? Are you in the past and the future? Do you feel worried today? Do you feel stressed? Do you feel some level of anxiety? If you do, and it's very common because 98% of the world lives that way and operates business that way. They are in the past in the future, which we call a fixed mindset. So meaning that when a situation triggers fear, that fear then goes back to the past, you know, to your back to maybe perhaps your child development years, attaches itself to a limiting belief or beliefs, gets projected into the future, and then tells you, you know, your inner critic that you're not capable of doing something or you're not worthy of something or this is too much for you to handle. Why has this always happened to me? Why is life always throwing me curveballs? Whatever the case may be. But if we're going to demonstrate kindness and empathy, it's not the words we use. It's our behavior. It's the action we take. It's how we communicate. It's our attitude. It's our emotions. It's our course of action. These are all things within our control. See, we can control our communication to ourselves and other people. We can control our behavior. We can control our attitude, our emotions. Can't control our thoughts, but we can control our emotions to them. It's a choice. Life is a choice. And we can control our course of action. What can we not control? When you think about what can we not control? This is, a, this is the, the byproduct of 
being in fear-based thinking in a fixed mindset, being in the past and the future. If, if your quality of mind is in the past and future, operating from fear, then we're not able to really, really in a true way, provide kindness. What, what, what is beyond our control that would put us into that state of mind, being in the past and the future? Somebody says others. Yeah. We cannot, I can't control Marilyn's communication. If I said something to Marilyn, I don't know how she's going to perceive it. I can only do is ask her a question if I need to clarify something. If I sent an email to someone on here and they didn't reply to me, I can't control if they're going to send an email reply back to me or not. I can't control somebody's behavior to a situation. I can't control their attitude, their emotions, or the course of action they're going to take. I can't control COVID. I can't control the economy. I can't control what's happening with if something, you know, there's some technology issue. Can't control it. I can only control what I know and what I have in within my control right now. And that's being here with all of you, sharing this information, not telling, but sharing, allowing you to draw your own conclusion when it means to you. So that state of mind is either going to be in the past and the future, operating from limiting beliefs, because I know me personally, my limiting belief was the need for validation. I grew up with my father not being really active in my life, and I was always seeking his approval. And when it didn't happen, I sought it out on other people. Now, that led me down a path of codependent behavior, codependent communication. I was passive and aggressive at the same time. I could be go out of my way to please, 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 and enable people so I can get the validation from you. And when they didn't go to the level I, I anticipated, I get angry. And then I can be aggressive and demand things from you that you could never fulfill. My expectations were too high. See, expectations really align itself with codependency, not really kindness. So I'm going to, you know, again, you get to decide what that means to you. I'm going to be sharing some things that you can think about. Really, how can we truly be more kind to grow our businesses through mental toughness operating in a growth mindset, in a state of mind or a quality of mind in the moment, detached from expectations, focusing on what I control and what I know, and trusting the process that it will lead to the results I seek. So let's take a look at that. So some principles of people that are mentally tough. Oftentimes you find this with Olympian athletes. And I know the Olympics are going on right now in Tokyo. You think like the, these people that are participating in these different, uh, different activities, do they embrace pressure? Absolutely. Think about the pressure they're under, even right now. But even the pressure that it took for them to prepare for these events, the practice that they, 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 they had to endure over the years to get to where they are today. If they resisted pressure or try to go around it, they never would be in the place they are today. They had to embrace it. Meaning that when you go through challenges, setbacks, obstacles, these are things not happening to you. you know, that's the victim and the excuses that we live by. It's happening for us. Meaning that these things are molding us to, through experience to understand that these hardships that we're going through are shaping us to be a better example and have more experience that when things go good and go right, we can be, have a better attitude, have more gratitude, have better emotions, to be the example through kindness for others to do the same. We have the ability to compartmentalize things 
where we talked about before, focusing on what we can control, letting go of everything else, trusting that process in the moment, not in the past and the future through fear-based thinking. It's also, you know, again, you know, we can be focused on long-term goals, but it's not getting caught into the expectation of it, where we're not staying in the future. We're saying, what can we do right now? What puzzle pieces do I have in my possession that I could connect together and trust in time that the things I don't know or don't have will come into my possession? Once I can then connect all the pieces, I can complete my puzzle. That's the results we see. We're not tied to the outcome. We're focused on the process. The outcome is just a byproduct of that process. This is a different way of thinking that Olympian athletes, high performance uh, producers in business, how they think differently. How you think differently allows you to be different, to become different, to do things differently and have different and better results. Does that mean you don't have any obstacles and challenges along the way? Actually, it's the direct opposite. You have more, but yet you embrace it to become more, to be, to become, to ha have, to do, and have better results. And it's celebrating those victories throughout the entire process, not just waiting for the, you know, the end prize, so to speak. So if there's any questions with that, somebody says, can you attempt to control a conversation using reverse psychology? That's an interesting question. You know, oftentimes that you can use with, uh, children, right? You know, when you tell a kid, don't go ride your bike on a busy road. And what do they do? They go ride their bike on a busy road. But instead of sharing that, hey, I know I used to go ride my bike on a busy road and my mother didn't approve of that. And boy, was she right because I almost got hit by a car one day. That's up to you to decide, son or daughter. You know, there's consequences to everything in life. You get to decide. I prefer that you don't go out and ride on uh, on that busy road. There's other roads that are less dangerous, but you get to decide. So that's, again, it could be a form of reverse psychology. And the child now is more in control to make that decision and more likely will do the opposite of what they would have done the other way around. So again, you're not telling them what to do. You're sharing and allowing them, empowering them to draw their own conclusion. Another form of kindness and empathy. So what are the cornerstones of mental toughness? So the four that I'm going to share with you today are control. We talked about things that we are that are within our control and that are outside of our control. We talked about that earlier. But it starts with that control. We can really trust the process of being in the moment of controlling what we can, embracing pressure, controlling what we can, letting go of what we can. We can make a commitment now to know how can we trust that process? What can we commit to each and every day being consistent, using discipline that will allow us to evolve through these challenges to become more or to be more, to become more, to do more and have different and better results. It's allowing us to then embrace that challenge, coming out of our comfort zone, stretching ourselves, not in a, in, in a, negative way or a way that's actually produces more anxiety, but in a, in a good way, even going through a difficult time to learn and grow. That we're capable of doing so much more than you have ever imagined when you change your quality of mind, when you shift your way into the present moment, trusting the process. 
And your confidence is just going to be a direct result of those three, of control, commitment, and challenge. That everything that you go through that's happening for you, not to you, shapes you up to be more confident. When you're operating in the present moment, free from limiting beliefs, your confidence will go up. Your self-esteem will go up. You'll make, you'll have more clarity. You'll be more focused. You'll be able to make more uh, swifter decisions, take calculated risks and follow through. You're trusting that process. Every high performer, and again, I don't, this doesn't have to be a, somebody in business or an Olympian athlete. It can just be anybody. It doesn't have to be about money. It can just be how people live their lives, can develop mental toughness through control, commitment, challenge, and confidence to this process. It's a choice that you get to decide what that means to you. And everyone's going to have a different journey and a different road they take than others. It's not one size fits all. So how do we become mentally tough? So let's take a look at some of the statements here. I want and need to be happy. I want and need to remain positive. I want and need to get through these challenging and uncertain times. When you think about being mentally tough, do you feel yes or no that the words wanting or want or need or needing are going to serve you or work against you when it comes to mental toughness? So either you can say yes or no. Is wanting and needing going to be good for you? Yes. Or not good for you? No. Just to make it easy for everyone. There's no right or wrong answer, by the way. This is up. This is from your perspective. You get to decide. Do you think this would be productive? Wanting and needing will, will allow you to develop mental toughness over time. Yes or no? I just want to get a couple either yes or no so we can go on. If not, no worries. We'll just go through it. Somebody says yes. How about somebody else? Want and need. Is that going to be good for productive for you to move forward? Again, no right or wrong answers. We got one yes. Let's see if we have another yes or a no. Somebody says yes. Okay, we got two yeses. So let me, let me, again, I'm going to share with you. And that's, so you get to decide what this means to you. Think about that word want, and then I'm going to get to need. I want to be happy. Think about it. I want to be happy. So what that's implying is that if I'm going to be happy, that means that, that I, there has to be something outside of me to make me happy. My wife, if you're a woman, your husband, your partner, your children, your business, your job, that something external is going to make you happy because I want it. I want to be happy. Something. So what you're doing is you're placing any control that you do have further outside of you to something that maybe is beyond your control to make you happy. And then what happens with that? That's an expectation. What happens with expectations? They go unfulfilled. 
whether if we don't do our part, somebody else, a situation just doesn't happen, right? Because we're tied to the outcome. We get angry. See, wanting is giving up power. It's releasing any type of control we do have out to something else that are, if it doesn't happen, now we can't be happy. I need something from someone else to be happy. Same thing. The, the, the power and the control is outside of you now. See, instead of using words, if you're going to be mentally tough, is will. I will be happy. I desire to be happy. See, those words are more of I can control what I am right now. Even if my, the world is falling apart around me, my business isn't where I desire it to be, I will be happy still because I choose to be happy regardless of what's happening. And I can control what I can. I control my communication, my behavior, my attitude, my emotions, and my course of action. I can adapt to what is happening to learn and grow, trusting the process that everything will work out and get better. I desire means that I can't control a lot of things that I can't control. Can't control COVID, can't control what's going on in my industry, but I can control my emotions, my behavior, my communication, and my desire is to be happy. So I'm choosing to be happy and desiring that through this process and hoping that through the process that other things beyond my control will add up to make that even bigger than it is. So you can see the difference that you get to decide in how we use these words and how it can impact where we are in our lives, in our careers. How we can learn to be kind to ourselves and to be the example for others to do the same. So think about that for wanting and needing to be positive, to be successful, whatever success means to you. Wanting and need to uh, you know, get through challenging and certain times. So it's learning to you know, understand. Somebody says, I, I, uh, I am happy. Um, somebody had to leave the meeting. No worries. Thank you for joining. So think about, you know, again, you know, if you, if you're, you know, if you know that you can be even in a better place for yourself, life is, life is a progress. It's not about perfection. Kindness embraces progress, not perfection. Perfection is not sustainable, but if we can strive for excellence and changing how we think our quality of mind, the words we use, the better we will be in getting through any challenging time to develop mental toughness that will serve us in all areas of our business and life to use kindness in an effective way. So how do we overcome limiting beliefs that are tied to fear-based thinking, a fixed-based mindset? What's well, learning how to silence our inner critic? It's getting to the root cause of our limiting beliefs. Again, these go back to your, our childhood. They, they operate subconsciously. A lot of people are oblivious to it. You just may know that you're not where you want to be. You might feel like frustrated at times, overwhelmed, angry. You might feel shameful, guilty. You know, I'm not saying you feel like that all the time, but, that, but those emotions may occupy your, your thought process on a more continuous basis. Those could all be tied to your inner critic back to limiting beliefs subconsciously. It's your confidence over, you know, developing your level of confidence. If we're not where we'd like to be with our confidence, 
that again goes back to limiting beliefs and learning how to control what we can, letting go of what we can't. See, it's all about what can I do right now with what I have and trust the process to move forward. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to have all the information. I don't have to be the best. I can just strive to be my best, not the best. And it's just trusting that whatever I know and what I have in my control, I will maximize that to the best of my ability each day. And when we can overcome our limiting beliefs over time, that will also help to establish a foundation for us to think differently this way, to be in the moment, to trust the process. So it becomes more consistent subconsciously in our daily actions that we do each and every day. So what are, so, what are the two habits that could help us get out of our limiting beliefs and into a pattern of what I like to call our success foundation on a daily basis? Well, those are meditation and journaling. Why do you think meditation and journaling would play an important role in getting to the root cause of things that could be affecting your confidence, self-esteem, holding you back, not making swift decisions, not taking calculated risks, and following through, or keeping you stuck in procrastination, busy but not productive? Why do you think med what would meditation and journaling do to help us to get to the root cause of those challenges? Somebody says, dumping and getting new ideas. Yeah. See, meditation over time allows us to get into a theta wave state that allows our subconscious mindset over time to reveal things to the conscious mindset that are holding us back. I had a strong need for validation because I didn't get it growing up from my father. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't even know I had it until I went through this process and it came up. And when I was able to look back, wow, I was becoming my father. I adopted my father's values. I was always seeking his attention. So I would seek it out in other people when I didn't get it from him. I didn't even see this. I was blind to it. I just knew I was angry. I was frustrated, overwhelmed. I was, I, I was operating in a, a state of fight or flight all the time. I, was, I had anxiety attacks. All of this because I was operating in the past and the future tied to these limiting beliefs. Meditation and journaling are the two habits universally that could help us to get to the root cause of that, that will allow us to develop mental toughness over time. Journaling means that you're writing down whatever comes to mind following a meditation. No, no intentions, no overanalyzing, overthinking. You're just writing whatever comes to mind. It may not make any sense. You may not write anything at all. You might write one word, two words. You might write five paragraphs. Somebody says forgiveness too. Yeah. But this was the ability to, that allowed me to forgive myself and the source to my limiting beliefs, my father. And this was done just after he passed away from cancer at the age of 56. Now, this was many years ago now, 22 years ago. So meditation and journaling are the two habits are of other habits. But these two you know, are the, like the cornerstone of helping us to really trust this process, controlling what we can, letting go of what we can't allowing us to move away from limiting beliefs and to embrace our mental toughness, that we can live in, a, in our own world of kindness, being the example for others. Now, I'm not going to be able to go through a, a, a sitting meditation just due to the fact we won't have much time, but it's, it's you know, learning how to meditate. 
you know, you can see here an example of some different positions that you can take. Now, normally, if we had some more time, I would walk every, everybody through a guided meditation. But that's going to take about 15, 20 minutes, and that will not allow me to get through the rest of the material for you. But, you know, you could go to Calm or uh, at Headspace or Breathe or Mindful.org. Those are great resources that you could tap into to develop a, a practice of mindfulness, meditating every day, journaling, developing other habits that will serve you. But the whole idea is to, you know, to keep your back straight, feet firmly planted on the ground, knees about shoulder width. And if you have a, a tendency of arcing your back forward or rounding your shoulders, you could take the palms of your hands on either knee or on both knees, and then just drawing your elbows back to your obliques that will straighten your back, keep your shoulders from rounding forward. And it's simply just focusing on your breath, bringing the air from your navel up to your chest holding for a second or two, and then exhaling either through your nose or your mouth, letting that air come back the way it came up, back down to your navel, and then repeating the process and focusing on your breath and an object, your third eye. A guided meditation will just to help to over time to get your chakras in alignment for better flow of energy and to allow you to really embrace what it means to be present in the present moment. The, the more consistent you are, the more that mindfulness will serve you towards leading a more kinder life in your business. So discipline means that you do it even when you don't want to do it. You do it daily. You do it every day. And I've been meditating and journaling amongst other things now for over 22 years. I never missed a day, seven days a week. Now, when I started, I had ADHD. Now, I couldn't focus on one thing for more than about five seconds. If I could do this, anybody can do it. I had to white knuckle and learn. I didn't get into a meditative state for until about four or five months. I thought like, this is a waste of my time, but I, but something told me I got to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And eventually I got into a rhythm and I've never looked back, but I was consistent. Discipline will never fail you. If you just, you don't have it, then you're not going to do it. You're going to start, you're going to stop, you're going to start, stop, and then you're going to stop. So, and um, so the thing is, you want to be able, and somebody said, in four, count eight out. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Marilyn. So with that being said, you know, this is something you can do on your own. So what are some of the other ingredients of mental toughness? Well, it's having a daily routine. So what, what is your routine now? Is it serving you or not? Do you have a routine? If you don't, then perhaps maybe, maybe looking into one. So Having a routine can include meditation and journaling. So I'll give you an example of my routine. It doesn't mean you have to have the same routine. It's developing your own routine. But I wake up every morning at 4.15 in the morning because it allows me to be focused. There's no one up. There's no distractions. I make my bed. I make my bed because it allows me to get focused on accomplishing one small task. Accomplishing one small task will lead to another, 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 and bigger, more important tasks or priorities that matter. I then meditate for 20 minutes. I journal. I go to the gym. I work out four days a week. And if I'm not working out of the gym, I do planks every day. I eat a healthy breakfast, shower, and then I read out of a book for a chapter or two, something relevant that I'm working on for a client or myself. And then I review my daily goals. I do that seven days a week, 365 days a year for 22 years. Just like with anything, you put 10,000 hours into anything, 
you're going to get good at it. And will it serve you? Absolutely. It got allowed me to overcome my limiting beliefs. It allowed me to create a success foundation that raised my level of confidence and self-esteem. It moved me uh, away from codependent behavior, being a passive aggressive, being angry, never been able to keep any business or personal relationship intact to now being interdependent, being the example and being a resource for others rather than just doing for them and learning to be kind to myself so I can be kind to others and allowing me to nurture and have more healthier, productive relationships with other people. That took time, all of it through mental toughness and having a routine. So it's developing your routine, maybe perhaps getting up a half an hour, an hour earlier. Maybe that means going to bed earlier, using meditation and journaling coupled with some other things that could help you to get more structure and clarity and focus in your life and your business. It's understanding that you have a goal to shoot for, but you're not stuck in that future with that goal. You understand what it is, but what can you do right now with what you have and focus on that one day at a time? It's prioritizing on the priorities that matter, not being busy, but not productive. It's just another form of procrastination. Motivation. Intrinsic motivation happens over time. Nobody can motivate you. Yeah, you could go to a Tony Robbins weekend and Tony can definitely get you pumped up, but is that really going to motivate you long-term? No. Only you can motivate yourself. And that happens over time through discipline and consistency. So the key here is discipline and consistency, the ability to use self-awareness to allow yourself to evolve and grow through mental toughness. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You can do this anytime. And that we are in control of our emotions. We can choose. Life is a choice. We're not a product of our emotions. Now, if we go through a difficult time, it's not like we can't grieve or feel frustrated every now. We're human. But knowing that we have a choice to decide, like a switch, that we could choose to look at it differently. We could choose to look at it something happening for us, not to us. Changes our whole way of thinking to be, to become, to do, and have. So how, how can we further develop more discipline and consistency in, with mental toughness? What's well, having a, a life and business strategy. It's writing down your goals, how, you know, how you're going to create a more mindful life to be kind. So what some people would say, wait a minute, you plan out your entire life? Yeah, I can write down everything that I know right now for the rest of my life. I can write down my daily routine, like which I gave to you earlier. I can write that down every day for the rest of my life. I can write down certain things I do in my business every day. I can write that down. But there are going to be many things that I can't write down because I only can write down what I know right now. But then I can plug those in over time and then connect the dots. I'm just allowing the process to lead to the results I seek. I'm only right now consumed and focused on what I can control right now. And that's it. Letting go of everything else. If I'm, if I'm usually on time for a meeting, and now I'm stuck in traffic and I left an hour earlier knowing that I, I could get to the meeting easily way before I had a schedule because of the traffic, I'm going to be late. I can't control that. I got to let it go. Easier said than done, of course. But over time, well, how can I change it? All I can do is make a phone call set to telling them that I, you know, I made every effort to be here. I left early, but the traffic is at a standstill. 
If they understand, great. If they don't, it's beyond my control. Over time, it, I learned to let it go and not allow it to affect me. You can too. Perhaps many of you on here already done, are doing that. But it's, you know, writing down what you know and then plugging in the things that, that do come into your possession over time. And when you follow a life and business strategy, this is how we're able to manifest these objectives, these overcome challenges and become more. And the more specific and concise we can be breaking these things down to the smallest level, the more likely we're going to be able to control what we can to reach those desired results. Start small, but just be consistent every day. So this is, you know, this is an example of what a, you know, a life and business strategy could look like. You could have your own system. Some people would like you could do it on a pen, you know, pad like this or paper. You could have it on an app, an Excel spreadsheet. Maybe it's a mind map, you know, something that depending upon how your brain works, the process and, and implement information. But again, just again, developing your own system. So how about accountability? Well, see, accountability has to start with each and every one of us, even in our business. See, change is inevitable. Change is going to happen regardless of what you do to try to control it, especially anything outside your control. How do we adapt to the change? How do we evolve with the change in what we can control? knowing that we have to be accountable in order to do that. It's having an accountability partner. Maybe you're on the same, similar journey. You can keep each other accountable. Many, some of you may be working with coaches that, that help in that area. I know I do that with several of my clients. So it's about focusing on desired results, not, ex, not coming from expectations. Planning, you know, your goals, making them more specific, attainable, achievable, making them more measurable, relevant, and time-oriented, smart goals. It's embracing, not resisting challenges. And committing to the process that we talked about. So you get to decide. If you decide that expectations work for you and that's a way to live, great. I've eliminated expectations. Expectations just made my life more difficult. It just kept me in a, in a state of mind of fight or flight. When I shifted away from expectations, just got rid of them out of my vocabulary, I decided to now just trust the process. Let the results be a byproduct of what I can do and what I can control and, and be my best, not the best, but be my best in that particular area. So what are some traits of mentally tough people? They're happy with themselves. They choose happiness. They don't allow happiness to happen to them. They choose it. They show up before the, anything happens and choose to be happy. They wish others to do the same. They be the example for others to do the same. They know that success is available to everyone. And we get to choose what that means to us. I, I always chose success, what it meant to my father, because I figured if I chose that success, he would notice me until I began to chase, go after what I deemed as success. That came from my core values, not his or someone else's. You'd be shocked that most people operate from other people's values and don't even know it. And then they wonder why they're frustrated, angry, you know, overwhelmed, 
out of alignment. And then the rest you can understand, you know, gratitude, not complaining, and so on. So what would be some things that you would recognize mentally tough people? What are some traits that you don't see on here that you would like to add to this list? Anybody like to share? You had to, you know, add something to this list. Somebody says confidence. Yeah, confidence for sure. When we can apply a lot of these principles, that will definitely help maintain or sustain our confidence level. We're not tied to what people think of us or what they say about us. The only, as a matter of fact, we don't even need to be validated by anything, anyone. If, if you know you did your best, that's all you can do. Okay. If anybody else would like to share, feel free to do so. Also, having a gratitude list. Somebody says, those are really good ones. My favorite is gratitude. It's truly powerful. Yeah, so true. I know for myself, uh, when I do my journal every morning, I don't do my gratitude then. I only write down whatever comes to mind. But at night, I do have a gratitude list. Like I reflect on the day and find what I'm grateful for. This helps to keep your mind in the moment, to appreciate where you are and where you're going that there's always something to be grateful for no matter what situation you're going through. There's always somebody else worse off of where you are right now. And being grateful, write that down. You'd be, you'd be amazed that you're grateful for things that you often take for granted or that, but you know, if you didn't write it down, you would just kind of overlook and forget. But when you can write it down, it reminds you. You can put it in your mirror and you can look at it and say, wow, I am truly grateful that life in business aren't as bad as I you know, made it out to be. I can be more kind today than I was yesterday to help somebody do the same for themselves. So how do we maintain and sustain mental toughness and kindness over time? Well, it's adopting the eight pillars of wellness into our lives. So there's eight pillars of wellness. Now think about a seesaw. Would a seesaw ever be balanced like this? No. It's going to teeter. It's going to be in alignment, but it's never going to be balanced. So if we're, if we're striving for kindness and ways to build our business, build our lives, we have to find that harmony through the eight pillars of wellness. Looking at starting with social wellness. That's the relationship with ourselves and other people. Is it codependent, independent, or interdependent? What would be the one that you feel would be the, the, the most healthful, healthful, well, helpful, healthy for you than, uh, than the others? Would that be independent or interdependent? What do you think is that would be the healthier style of, of type of relationship? Okay, and there's codependent, independent, and interdependent. But I said between in, independent and interdependent. What would be the, the most healthy to you and others? Somebody says interdependent. Okay, great. So yeah, so interdependent means that I understand my role and duties in whatever that is, as a father, as a husband, as a CEO, executive coach, professional speaker, corporate advisor, 
as a member in my community, as a coach on the baseball field, whatever that is, I understand my role and duty. And I respect the other people's roles and duties and how they show up in my, my life in business. My goal is to do, do the things that I can to do, be my best within my control so I can be a resource and example for others to do the same. That is a gift that keeps on giving. That is the purest form of kindness, in my opinion, there is. Being the example for others to do for themselves, for your children, for your, your spouse, your coworkers, your peers, people you work for. Independent means that you're do, you respect your role and duty, but you're, you're negligent to share and be the example and be resourceful for others. Codependent means that you are wanting and needing and put all of your, any control you have outside of you into the hands of other people and situations. You're allowing life to happen to you, not for you. There's emotional wellness, the ability to find harmony of operating free from limiting beliefs, adopting a growth mindset, being present, using meditation and journaling, adopting mindfulness as a way of life each day, a quality state of mind, being present. Physical wellness, how we take care of ourselves physically, eating foods that are conducive and, and good for us, and moving our bodies, walking, yoga. Tai Chi, resistance training, finding that, that what works best for us to keep our body in motion, to keep nourishing it with nutrients that serve us rather than work against us. It's, it's spiritual wellness, the belief in ourselves and our higher power. This is where often people are out of alignment. They, have, they believe in their higher power, but they don't believe in themselves. It's a two-way street. Your higher power is ready to help and do its thing. But if you don't believe in yourself, it's, it's, not, it's not an alignment. So it's finding that alignment to raise your confidence and self-esteem, to believe in yourself so that your, your higher power or whatever that may mean to you, the universe can do its part, trusting that process, controlling what you can, letting go of what you can't. Financial wellness, the relationship you have with money. Is it one coming from abundance or scarcity or lack of? Finding that harmony there, changing your inner dialogue around money, giving without expectation from empathy and kindness, receive without resistance. Many people have a hard time receiving, especially when it comes from somewhere that they, they feel like they're not, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything to deserve that. But see, you didn't realize that you did something nice for someone. You were kind and empathetic for people in the past. So it's coming back to you from somewhere else, but you've resisted it. Happens all the time. Learning to receive without resistance. It's our occupational wellness. It's not what we do. It's why we do what we do. How can we find our purpose and passion in why we do what we do each day? Intellectual intelligence, nurturing our minds through trivia, puzzles, reading, Instead of watching TV for five hours or, or browsing through social media all day long. It's emotional or environmental wellness. Where we live in our homes, our cars, our workplace. Is it cluttered? Which means you're, you're not organized, not focused, not clear, fight or flight, fear-based mindset. Or are we organized? 
doesn't mean we're ultra organized, that perfectionism is just another form of code, another codependent behavior. But being, you know, organized so that we could be more in alignment and have harmony. These are like dominoes. They can either be in alignment in a, in a positive way or a negative way. So if you're emotionally off, it's going to affect you physically and financially, most likely. If, if you're not and you're in a good place emotionally, it's going to affect you physically and financially in a positive way and so on and so on. So how you think impacts your kindness and growth in your business? We talked about, you know, to, you know, we have to think differently to be, to become, to do, to have. If we keep doing what we're doing and having the same results that lead to frustration, scarcity, lead to feeling overwhelmed, stressed then we have to think differently. It's like you can't put the cart before the horse. You can't have unless you think differently. You can't do unless you think differently. You can't become if you're not first being it from thinking. So it's a process. Think, be, become, do, have. So somebody says, how do we do one thing is how we do everything. Yes. Absolutely. So to build your business through influence, we have to, you know, we have to become the example, be a resource. Post content that, that plays to your values. Become that, become that example that people look up to, that connect with you on those values. This helps to build your business. I built my business through my brand. A lot of things that I built my business had nothing to do with what I did as a coach, as a corporate advisor, trainer, speaker. It had to do with almost everything that had nothing to do with my business. Because people trusted my values. They loved it that I helped to inspire them to do things for themselves through my example. And then when they, when they wanted to find out what I did and that I could help them, great. Or they would at least refer me to someone that felt that they could benefit from what I could help them with in their business or personal life. What can you be doing? It's why you do what you do, not what you do. Your influence comes from your example and being a resource consistently every day through social media, through speaking, through writing, whether you wrote a book, whether if you're on podcast or radio shows that you're sharing contextual content that empowers people to do for themselves. So to become an influenced master, we have to have the insight, meaning that we have to be able to not only have the intellectual intelligence of things, but how do we apply it? Are we consistent applying it on a daily basis? Are we proactive rather than reactive, taking the initiative to be always one step ahead of the curve as we go through the process, embracing the challenges? When we influence others, it's not about persuading someone to see your point of view or convincing them. It's just sharing versus telling, sharing your experience, sharing your, this contextual content, empowering people to draw their own conclusion and doing it with impact. Impact that allows people to resonate where they feel related to and understood, that it relates to their values in some way, that you, they connect on shared values. And always doing it from integrity, doing the right thing when no one's looking. Meaning that I've had people come to me and I know somebody else could be better suited for them and I'll refer them to someone else for that particular situation. I'd rather do the right thing when no one's looking because I know when I give without expectation, it comes back somewhere else to receive without resistance. And you gain much more through giving through kindness. 
It's leveraging your strengths, offsetting your weaknesses, using platforms. Mine was through speaking, social media, podcasts, radio shows. I, I've re- I've, even though I've written an international best-selling book and, I'm, and I've won an award with Jack Canfield and my contribution to one of his books, I'm not a writer. It's not my, my strength. So I leverage my strengths to become an influencer, to help build my business. It's finding your strengths and leveraging uh, resources to offset your weaknesses to build your level of influence to increase your business. It's having a roadmap, just like you have your own personal life and business strategy. Have it for your business. You got to understand where your business is, how it's going to serve. What is the value that it serves others? Connecting on shared values. Looking at the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and understanding your market, your competition how you're going to deliver everything within your control, letting go of everything else. And it starts with the value statement. It's not about what you do, but why you do what you do. Like I said, I built a successful brand and business, not on what I do, but why I do what I do. Those shared values. Offering value consistently through content every day to people through podcasts, radio shows, my own radio shows social media, and helping them to solve their own problem, making, it, making things compelling to them and allowing them to decide what that means to him or her, allowing them to draw their own conclusion. So what are your values? Determine your values. Make sure they're yours and yours only. How does it relate to your business? How does it relate to the people you serve? You're never going to be everything for everyone, but you'll always be something for someone. The more you can get really true about that with yourself, your business, and others, the more your business will, will go up. You're not throwing mud at a wall. I see so many people doing that, spending tons of money on marketing and not having a strategy, not having a value statement, not having a business acceleration strategy, an influence strategy. All these things that could be done and cost you a fraction of money in order to do it right and save you a lot of time and money. We're near the end. I want to be mindful of the time. If anybody would like a complimentary consultation, I'm happy to do that. There is no obligation to me whatsoever. You're more than welcome to reach out to me at ChristopherSalem.com forward slash contact uh, forward slash. Feel free to schedule a time. There's no obligation whatsoever. Again, I'm here to get to know you. I want to know what you personally, your business, and if I can provide any any uh, direction or or Provide any other nuggets that can help you, great. At least I know I made a friend and you could go on from there. But uh, feel free to take advantage of that if that uh, resonates with you. And if you have any questions, I don't know if I have a lot of time, but it, for, with Marilyn having the next speaker up, but uh, feel free to you know ask any questions. I'll be more than happy to address them for you. And I could always address some things later as well. Sure. Yeah, well, we're, we're at the end. I wanted to be mindful of the time. And so if anybody has any questions, it could be business related around kindness. It could be a personal. It could be maybe where your business is. What is your business worth? Are you